Happy Mother's Day, everybody. We usually put out episodes in the middle of the week, but we could not wait. We couldn't not not have an episode on Mother's Day of your mom. Mm -hmm. So welcome to your mom. Welcome to your mom. I'm Lisa McCaffrey. I'm mom of four boys. Ashley, Four amazing boys that I can't wait to hear about what they got you for Mother's Day. I'm Ashley Adamson. I have two young kids. They both made me pictures that were, you know, were they Fine. good? Were they good enough for they were, you? They were good. Well, I was riding a unicorn in one of them, so I like that one. Oh, that's good. Not to belabor the point. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Happy Mother's Day to you, Lisa. And I'm going to celebrate you at the end, but because we got we, we've got a very important, very important interview to get to. Um, we heard from my mom last week. I hope everybody enjoyed Old. that. Old, yeah. And today we get to hear from Big. Mama, the queen of Key Biscayne, Betty Conroy, the one and only. Is there anything that you want to say about your mom before we uh, let this one roll? Mm, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only thing I'll say is because I went back and listened to it. When I say the word good, I mean loved. Because every I say good because it was hard to articulate in front of my mom. And we talk about it all the time. And I meant mm -hmm. loved. Just okay. know that. So just when you hear the word good at the end, right? When you're talking about good, it means loved. Okay, that's a good, that's a good. Loved. Okay. That's what I was trying to say, but had trouble articulating it because it's so emotional, hard to do that. So, Which is the whole point of having these direct conversations with people because we don't, that's what we say on this podcast all the time. That's the beauty of yeah. it is that it kind of opens uh, and creates a space for it. Uh, real yeah. quick, can I just set the scene of when we recorded this? <laughs> if we don't put the picture, yeah, go. So this is last July. So this is almost a year ago. Was and it July or August? It or, was yeah. July. Okay. And it was before we even launched the podcast. So I came out to visit you. It was the very inception. Like we hadn't even officially launched yet. Okay. We were trying to get all these different interviews. So I'm nervous because I have no idea what I'm doing. I've convinced you to do this podcast and I have no idea. And I want to make sure that you, I'm yeah, hoping it, that you don't know that I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. And we no. get an interview with the McBride moms, Jen and Kate, who we love and is still one of the best episodes we've ever done. We booked them in Colorado and I said, okay, well, we should all come out and who else can we get while we're there? And I needed to get a studio booked because there was going to be four of us with Kate and Jen. Um, your mom was in town. And so we said, oh, great. Let's, let's have your mom. Um, come join us. So I, I booked us a studio, uh, and I'm not going to say like where the studio was or anything, but I should have known when it cost $150 for a full day of recording, that it wasn't going to be the like swanky Hollywood setup. Um, and that turned out to be true. That's <laughs> that an accurate statement. We drive, we're driving to the studio. I will never forget this for as long as I live. And your mom, I'm in your car. Your mom is following us. Mm -hmm. And at every turn, I'm like, okay, where are we going? Because we're in this residential neighborhood in the middle of nowhere. And finally we pull up, pull up to the address and you turn and look at me and you said, did you take us here to kill us? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not because sure. It's actually, the middle of a residential area it looked nothing like what you imagine a podcast studio would look like. Nothing. nothing. And, and it, it was one thing if it had just been you and me, but I was so stressed about your mom having a good experience, and I wanted her to, you and know, Jen and Kate are coming all the way from Jen and Kate from are coming. Morgan, exactly. They're driving, driving like two hours, way, right? and here we go, and we go into this house with like four dogs, and it's like the studio is in a converted basement, and. 
it was one of those, there, there's a picture that we have of, that is like still one of the funniest pictures ever taken to this day. We're trying to like make it cool and we're enjoying a sandwich before we go record that we brought, we brought lunch. And, um, oh my you take a picture and it's just, this dog is like perching on the staring couch next you. to me, staring at me while I'm eating his sandwich. The best. A little um, but God love your mom. She was such oh. a good sport. She took it in stride. She was fine. And I'll just say the only, my only regret is that we don't have video. This is audio only because it took us like 40 minutes to set the mics up. We were moving chairs. We were, right. we were the stagehands. Right. Um, and Kate and Jen were on their way and I'm like, oh my God, we got to go. Like Plenty. we got to do this. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be a really special moment, but it needs to happen right now. So that's the scene. Um, and I, I will get out of the way and stop talking. And I will just say, enjoy this beautiful audio conversation <laughs> with Lisa's mom. I've never looked better in this, your mom. <laughs> All right. This is by far the biggest interview we've done. I have been looking forward to this for, I, I can I say almost a year because this <laughs> podcast has been in the works for a year. This so is going to be so insightful. This, uh, yeah, I feel like this is a little bit of a therapy session too, maybe right. for you, Lisa. It's like the missing pieces, the puzzles coming together. <laughs> your mom. Whose mom? <laughs> is here with us betty Woo, aka big mama big that's right mama my grandson which is not an me. insult all of you out there are probably <laughs> picturing like you know i don't know like job of the hut like just lounging no she's not particularly big either but that's an endearing nickname that max gave you right he did he was like two years old yeah he couldn't say grandma so it just came out big mama and all the other grandkids went right along with her <laughs> and now everyone even my friends call me <laughs> so do you prefer betty or big mama what would you like us to to call you no it's today? your choice oh, whatever you're comfortable okay, with great. yeah perfect i like that it feels a little more colloquial to call you big mama big so mama yeah. okay with big that. Mama, yeah. lisa before we i want to have sort of betty tell us her story but i'm gonna give the daughter scouting report first can you tell us a little bit about your mom like the cliff's notes version of of growing up as big mama's daughter? Oh gosh, cliff notes. Okay. Um, let's see. My mom was a traditional housewife who you were um you cook and pick us up and you know do all those things, the typical housewife. And then somehow along the way, when I hit high school and I think I was driving, so I was very independent and I was the last kid, you dove into politics and changed the course of where we lived and completely changed it for the better. And it was pretty amazing to watch, especially as a high school girl watching your mom, who's kind of been, you know, just like a house. I know I, have to, I don't even need to degrade that because it's a very important job, but your house, but you then all of a sudden turned it into a really, really powerful career and um, incorporated our little area, which me meant that it became a city, our own city. And now, thanks a lot, mom. The price value of homes there is so outrageous <laughs> that we can't ever afford to go back and live there. So thanks a lot, mom. Way to ruin my life again. So. <laughs> no, but it was pretty fun watching that. So it's very inspirational. It makes me feel like a loser. Like I have to do something with my life. So well, now's anyway, the chance. And now's yeah. my chance. Now's my last chance. kid left. So game on. Let's Here go. Here we go. So. I love that. And and let's so Betty, just by by way of introduction, where are you from? Where did you grow up? How did you end up in Miami and keep us game? Well, I was born in Ocala, Florida. I'm a true Floridian. There are not many of them around. And then my dad worked for Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company. So we were transferred all over the country, Akron, Ohio, Dayton, Ohio, Seattle, Washington. But then we settled finally in Birmingham, Michigan. He uh, left Goodyear and went with International Harvester. So I was in sixth grade. So I went all through junior high, high school there in Birmingham. And then I went to 
college, I went to Duke University. I've heard of it. And <laughs> that was where I met my husband. And I actually... Uh, <clears throat> you say it, you were Phi Beta Kappa. Go ahead. Yeah, this is, there is no, this is Go all ahead, yeah. bragging on this yeah, podcast. this is what we you wanna, do. Hey, what do you have to lose? Who cares? No, I mean, you're, and, and I was having dinner with Lisa last night and she was really bragging on what you did at Duke. So tell, yeah, tell but us But more about, important than academics, who cares about that? Did you play a sport? Yes. This is the biggest thing Because ever. I'm assuming you were athletic. Yeah. Well, you see, when I was in high school and college, there were no competitive sports for girls because we weren't supposed to compete. I was not allowed in competitive sports, but there was one choice, and that was water ballet, <laughs> synchronized swimming. And actually, I started doing that in seventh grade in Birmingham, Michigan. All the schools had pools, and every year I was in a water ballet act, and I loved it. And I continued that all through college. And so now they have synchronized swimmers in the Olympics, but during those times, uh-uh, it was just for the beauty of the sport. <laughs> I love and that. And you weren't a Nuridian, but you were a Nuridian, right? That's right. That was the name of the group at Duke. That's Nuridians, the, the right? Nuridian Club. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I was you, a I Nuridian. remember growing up, you taught me how to do a back dolphin, like a back dolphin. Right. And yeah. ballet legs. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> well, I will tell you, for one of the um, features that we did for the Pac-12 Network a few years ago, I went and did some training with the synchronized swimming team at Stanford. And my respect for that sport and those women is off the charts. Having, I mean, I almost drowned like three times. I think they had to resuscitate <laughs> me once. But it is. It's amazing. And the grace and beauty and how long you can hold your... I mean, it's. I've never... I, I couldn't believe what they were doing. Yeah, it, it, it truly is. It truly is. It takes an athlete to do it. And the hardest thing was when you first come out of the water, not to spit. <laughs> You have to learn to be very graceful. And no spitting. Somehow take that breath very delicately. So <laughs> I would not be very good problem. at it. Yeah, yeah you were. Yeah, actually, he's a big spitter. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, okay, so you went to Duke and what did you study at Duke? I majored in history. Wow. And I was Phi Beta Kappa. I was a good student. Yes. That is awesome. <laughs> oh my that God, you're awesome. such a braggart. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Now I know where you get it, Lisa. Seriously. <laughs> it's all about you, mom. Uh, and what did you think you what did you think your path was going to be? What did you what did you want to do? Well, again, during those times, most most of my friends, my girlfriends, we were the big thing was to either become a nurse or to become a teacher. Now there were a few people that went into other occupations, but I chose teaching. So you go to Duke and you meet, you mentioned that you meet your husband. I did. And yes. when did, yeah. So what, what year did you meet him? Uh, I met him junior year in college and I had absolutely no intention of getting married, but. Isn't that always the way? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my parents thought I should definitely finish college before I ever thought about getting married. However, my fiance had other plans, was very, very insisted. So I was married at 20. When wow. I completed my junior year at Duke, looking back, big mistake, yeah. big yeah. mistake, but whatever, you're 20 and you, you're young in love. You're young, you're in love and um, you go for it. But I was able to finish college, fortunately. So I went ahead and did get my degree. So I got married after my junior year in college. I was 20 years old. My husband was 21. He was a year older. And my last year in college was his first year in medical school. And so 
when I did graduate, I became the breadwinner. I taught school and my salary was $3,200 a year. <laughs> as the breadwinner. <laughs> and so, it was, yeah. and, and seeing is when he was an intern, he earned $150 a month. <laughs> I looked wow. like I you looked were money like bags. Quite, yeah. Yeah, money bags. Oh my God, so he's a gold digger. <laughs> <laughs> but times were different then. Like for the interns, the way it used to be is they would uh, really live in the hospital and have all their meals and everything paid for. So we, we were just starting the new trend of when people got married a little bit younger. And well, then the other thing that began happening is I became pregnant mm. <laughs> and my daughter was born when I was still teaching, which she was born in 1961. And then 16 months later, I had a son. Wow. And who was the dad? No, kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. And this was after you had moved out. Right. So yes. Was, okay. Yeah. So they, they were then living in in uh, our own little house. We had a very small house. We had what a washer that you had to put the hose in the sink <laughs> for the for the water to to drain. I remember my dad was visiting and he forgot to do that and flooded oh, no. the whole oh, no. room. And then, then we had no dryer, so we hung the clothes on the line outside. So uh, we were poor. We were very poor, but we had a we had a future to look forward to. So you're 20. How old are you at this point when you have two ki two, two young kids? Uh, I had, well, I had my first child. At, I was 23. Okay. And then 16 months later, my second. So I was 24 when I had the next one. Wow. Dylan's 23. My I third mean, son. that's, that, that's the thing. Like, when you step back yeah. and put in perspective, I think what I was doing when I was 23. Totally, and yeah. I, I mean, he's I, just trying to figure out how to tie his shoes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, thing, that shows you how things have changed. Right. I yeah. mean, people don't do that anymore. Very seldom. They wait much, much longer. And some people know the story, but for those listening who don't, so Dave Sim was, was your first husband and Lisa's dad. And tell us a little bit about, about his background, because I think there's some athletic genes and, that came from that side as well. Yes. Well, I like to take precedent, but you I'll do. Talk You're about number it. one. Obviously, <laughs> whenever he did, it wasn't water. Yeah, yeah, so you know, it's hard to beat the Neridians. You can barely <laughs> swim, please. <laughs> no, what happened is he uh, he came to Duke on a baseball scholarship. He came from Fairlawn, New Jersey, and a very, very modest background, but very talented athlete. But when he got to Duke and they had him run a few sprints, they realized that he was amazing in track. So he ended up, he held the world's record in the 100 yard. Th then it was the 100 yard dash or the other one was 100 meter. So he did go to the 1960 Olympics in Rome. Wow. And I was able to go, uh, I met him in Rome. And I don't want to tell you the rest of it. <laughs> it was quite a meaty, but at any rate, he was there and um, he had an amazing race. His main competition was uh, a man named Armin Harry. He was a German. And at, it was a photo finish. He lost. And he oh, I gave it away. <laughs> he gave, gave it, it away. away. All right. Yeah, because Armin <laughs> Harry threw his chest forward wow. and the chest broke the tape. And, and uh, Dave was right next to him, but was standing straight. So he got the silver medal and Loser. Armin Harry. Yeah. <laughs> and then he ran in the 400 meter relay and they were behind. And he got the baton and had a uh, he had a winning finish. He a won big comeback. Yeah. But what happened is the the racer in the first and second lane had an illegal handoff, so they were disqualified. Mm. So it was very disappointing because he had done really well himself, but 
no goal. That is no crushing. Goal. <laughs> that is really okay. So then, and how did that change your lives at that point? Was it just, oh, he was really good and he competed in the Olympics and then you just kind of carried on or what did that, did that change things? Well, you become, you do become a, a hero. You do, you come back, you come back to Durham and we were living, uh, as I said, with this friend in a, a home there and people look at you differently. I mean, they really acknowledge what you'd accomplished and uh, are very, very enamored, I would say, or, or look up to you and respectful because it was a major feat. It was, it was an accomplishment. It's a lot of work and a lot of training. He used to run up and down the steps at the football stadium. That was one way he- and Wallace he, Wade. Named in the Wallace, Wallace Wade Wallace Stadium, Wade stadium yeah. to work out. And uh, he worked very hard. He deserved all the praise that, that he, he got from it. But then he had a choice because a lot of the pro football teams wanted him to play football. And he had played, actually, uh, his last year in college. He, he had played wide receiver, but he really wanted to be a doctor. So his decision was to go to medical school, and he was given a full medical scholarship to medical school, which is Unheard very of. unusual. And that may have, maybe it happens more today, but at that time, you get scholarships to college, but not to medical school. But that was the only way he could afford it because, as I said, he came from a very modest background. I couldn't afford to pay for his medical school, so, <laughs> <laughs> so it was um, it was quite an opportunity. Lisa, how much did you, as, when you started growing up, understand and hear stories about, you know, the kind of the family history? Yeah, I honestly, I I didn't even know any of that to be honest. I was and I was I was like a late, late, late child. Like I was, you know, I think eight years younger than my brother and sister. So I, honestly, I did not know until PE class. I want to say like third or fourth grade. Mr. Foster was our PE teacher. Remember him? Yes, he was, he was wonderful. The best. He started soccer on Kiva's game. Oh wow! Th thanks to him, I got a good college education. Um, but he started. And he one day and he said something about Olympics and running. I think it might have been an Olympic year or whatnot. And uh, I was like, oh, that, uh, that was neat. And I remember for me running the 50 yard dash in elementary school was the biggest deal. Like I would get so nervous for that day. And I don't, I don't know why looking back, cause I did not know anything about the Olympics, but I, I just knew I was a little bit fast mm -hmm. at the time and I wanted to win. And it was very important to beat everyone at the time. But anyway, I don't know, Mr. Foster said something about Olympics and my dad, and I, I didn't even know up until then. And then it, it came out he told me and I'm like, what? I had no idea. And then I just kind of inquired, but it was it was a lot later, and you know by then there had been other Olympics and people sure. had you know broke records and done whatnot. So it wasn't that big a deal to me. I'll be honest. Whereas like other people that were, you know, I think my brother and sister went along and they were more enamored or in awe of him, and I was not quite in, as as in awe because it was so much later and I didn't realize it. But I mean that was a neat thing to sort of have like like oh wow that's pretty exciting. But and were there pictures or where was the where was the silver medal? We had it in our home. I can't remember. We didn't make like a big altar or anything. Yeah, like I think that. it was really <laughs> disappointing for him looking back, to yeah. be honest. It was like a, I think it was like, I well, think yeah, that's why I remember whenever the few times it came up, I, he was, he sort of would change and wasn't as animated or whatever when he talked about it. I don't think it was that, I don't remember it being, I mean, I, I don't, I wasn't around the time and I was little. So I, I just kind of remember him. I don't remember him talking about it often. That's all. Well, when he was so close, so close right. to running and then, and then to be disqualified, it was disappointing. When you have such high hopes. But. Yeah. So he goes to medical school. And where did, where did he go to medical school? Duke. Duke. Okay. So you guys were there. And then what, what ended up when you moved to Key Biscayne? How did, tell me that. Well, what happened is he had, he had done four years of medical school, a year of internship, and it was time for a residency. 
and he had chosen to go into ophthalmology. That was his field. So Baskin Palmer Eye Institute in Miami is, I think, tops in the whole country, tops in the nation. So he applied there and he was accepted. So that's what brought us to Florida, brought us back to Miami. And the first year we lived in Coral Gables. And when we discovered Key Biscayne, he actually discovered it because one of his professors lived out there. We just fell in love with Key Biscayne. So uh, that's when we moved there. Tell me about Lisa when she was... A baby and a little kid. I, re- I give me some scoop on oh, what Lisa was like messy when she came and- Well, one thing she ran away from nursery school. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's tell me more. Was- <laughs> well, that's no. because you used to make me wear a dress, and I hated dresses. <laughs> and you put me in a dress that I think Gungai, my grandmother, made, and I was mortified. I just <laughs> felt like a complete idiot, and uh, I think I ran away because I was embarrassed. <laughs> Probably that's. I just remember being mortified having to wear a dress, but I don't know. No, what do no, you no, remember about that? I don't remember. I really don't remember that. So I remember not liking wearing dresses. And I, you were always trying to put well, me Well, you should did that with the Girl Scouts, too. Oh, did, yeah. 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 That, remember that didn't yeah. the leader really want you to? Yes. Yeah, I, would, I would wear shorts. And yeah, I think I got kicked out because of it. Now I know that we're kindred spirits because I <laughs> yeah. have the same issues. I was oh, sobbing, yeah. crying. I, I said, I'll wear the sash, but I'm not going to wear these the stupid skirt. Yep. Yeah. Same. Like I, I had to have I shorts under that it. were sticking out. So yes. you knew I had shorts. Yeah. It was uh, uh-huh. whatever. Yeah, yeah, I was a flower girl in a wedding and I had to wear shorts under no, my no. flower dress. Yeah. That's a good so look. That's it was a really good look. I highly recommend it. <laughs> I bet the bride loved so it. So did you get a call uh, from yes, the school yes, and said Lisa's, they, Lisa's gone? Yeah. <laughs> wait yeah. a minute, wait. Along those lines, just so you know, we were sitting there yesterday. Ashley gets a call. Yes. <laughs> Somebody. Pissed. Uh-huh. I just need to inform you that's. Another boy pushed your son Collins into oncoming traffic. Oh, basically, no. that and was, was the call. She was calm as and Ashley, like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Record scratch. We, we, Are just, you we just finished recording a podcast yeah. with Lisa, and I get a phone call from the camp that he was at. And she said, just want to let you know there was an incident today with <laughs> oh, Collins. No. Another boy pushed him into the street. Thankfully, there were no cars coming by. He's okay, <laughs> but we're going to deal with it tomorrow just in case Collins says anything. And He's fine and it's all good. Care. But yeah, yeah, so there's, you know, you never get the, back to the point. Anyway, when you get the phone call, you never so that's know what's going to be on the other end of the line. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she did it on her own volition. It wasn't like, get over it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Stop. So what did they say? Well, when they, they found her. She was behind a hedge. She'd gotten a little. <laughs> Ways from the school I was and was really hiding sly. behind it. I was really sly. <laughs> like a hedge, cutting but, uh, her dress up behind a hedge. <laughs> no, but no, but Lisa was. She was actually amazing. She was very, um, she was always at, like the head of the class. She was a leader. Mm. The big thing in elementary school there was the safety patrol. And Mr. Foster, the same yep. one who started her in soccer, was head of the safety patrol. And she was actually the head captain. of the safe. She was captain, which was, yeah. which was the biggest thing you could you could be in grade school. <laughs> so yeah, because I, so I had a pageant mom behind me driving. <laughs> yeah, me. yeah. Some, you, More some makeup dance moms <laughs> yeah. and pageant moms. I, you had a safety, safety mom. patrol mom. I had to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so oh, oh my, my gosh, I forgot about that. What, no, what's yeah. your favorite memory of Lisa as a kid? Well, she was honestly she her athletic ability started as when she was young. When did you realize how fast she was? Uh, well, she did. Uh, like I like I was telling you earlier, they had a 
flag football team and it was all boys except for Lisa and oh, her yeah. best friend and she was better than the boys. So she, all of this stuff about fast. your boys getting their football acumen <laughs> from Ed, it's actually Lisa. It's that, We just right. want to set the record right. straight, everyone. Right. Who, Ed's who? <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. She took sailing lessons and the instructor mm-hmm. told me Lisa's better than all those boys of that are in this class. Was. That's a true test of athletic prowess, <laughs> sailing. Yeah. No, but that, that showed your, your intelligence too. And, uh, no, and uh, no, she was really, really, really good in sports. She was she was competitive, and uh, that continued into high school. Tell me what a good because Lisa has you know again she will not brag on herself, but tell me how good of a high school soccer player she was. Well, she scored one season forty nine fifty no fifty fifty two goals fifty two. Okay, oh, I'm sorry. 56 goals. <laughs> My memory's failing me. 56 goals. She's trying one, to keep you humble, Lisa. One, yeah. one season. Don't she, tell me short, mom. I can, I can count every single one. I remember every goal. 56 goals. So, in you a know, season. Uh, Sports Illustrated has faces in the yes, crowd. She was, she was one it. of those. Yes, wow. she was one of it. Those, she was. We played like a lot of like special needs school. Yeah, right, right. Uh-huh. No, no, but, no. But I mean, even no, if you're no. playing not even against another team to score 56 goals, like well, I, I, that's the reason we had. I remember one year we didn't we had a, a teacher that was a coach okay. who didn't really know very much about soccer. And I had scored a lot of goals and we were up by a lot. And most out of courtesy, you take, you know, some of the good players. But not this team. He didn't. He didn't take me out. And I'm like, well, it's going to keep scoring. I'm sorry. That's just, yeah, it's kind of fun. And I kept thinking he was going to take me out. And it was, it was just a. What was the, what were the highest number of goals you scored in a game? Oh, I think it was eight. Oh my God. Yeah. I'll never forget because she wanted to go to Stanford. Yeah. And the, the coach from Stanford came to look at her to yeah. you know, see her play. So I'm with the coach. We go, it was an away game and their bus was late from school. So the bus pulls up. I have never seen anyone get out of a bus so quickly as Lisa McCaffrey. She leaped out of the bus. She ran onto the field. The minute the play started, she was scoring goals. She was all over the field because she wanted to go to Stanford. It worked. Clear across the country. (laughs) It worked. But not only that, in high school, she was an excellent tennis player. She, She played competitive tennis and she, she was really good. She, uh, she had, was when topspin really was just becoming popular and her, her, her tennis coach taught her the topspin and she was very good. The problem was if you've ever been to a lot of these youth tennis matches, you see the parents and it's very sad because they're, they're like practically they ruined it. They ruined it. They ruined it. They, yeah, people. it ended yes, up not be being honest. just a fun. Let's well, get because out there they're heckling. Play. Why? Because they're heckling. The- so well, one uh, game I was playing, I, I had no business beating this girl's Right. I remember the name, but I'm not going to say it. I don't yeah. think she plays anymore. But anyway, I, I was happened to be beating her and sh- I shouldn't have been because she was ranked higher than me. And her mom from like up, it was up above for some, you know, little uh, viewing area would scream and accuse me of cheating during the match. And I'm like, and I was a kid and I, it was, it, I, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't, you know, thing. And she just, and so she accused me of cheating. So I kind of fell apart. As a matter of fact, the mom ran down and made her go get a line judge to come out and then the girl was screaming too at me and it was just awful. I was just, and I fell apart and I lost. It was mental, it was all mental. I, should, I, I man, I could have beat her. But yeah, that was just, and it just kind of ruined it. Yeah. Do, you, do you remember the um, King uh, King Richard, um, Serena and Venus's yes. dad? Oh yes. Yeah, I mean, it's as, same, as you know, controlling as he was, uh, looking back, I'm like, remember he, I don't know if you saw it mom, but he wouldn't let his daughters play junior tennis. Cause he pulled back on, on was it um, Jennifer Capriotti's um, and she, she burned out so early. And I remember watching her. She was just a little bit ahead of me, a little older than me. And I just, and she did, she burned out because she had played all those juniors. And um, I, and 
he would not let his daughters play juniors because it was it it, it what there was uh, there was almost nothing you can get out of it. I mean, besides learn you know competition and whatnot, but it was just it was not a good experience. I have to say it was ugly, and I was kind of a wimp. I just I just broke down. I couldn't handle it. And I didn't enjoy it. It took away the joy. Yeah. It took yeah. away the joy. So I still played. I ended up playing a lot at the like the local clubs against the women. That she were just did. A lot more she would pleasant. play some yeah. of my some friends, of and friends, she, yeah. she'd win. <laughs> well, yeah, of they weren't happy. The, but they, I mean, they but, didn't. They did not oil their wheelchairs that day. So that's why it was easier <laughs> to beat them. So they just. No, you no, should have no, heard no. Lisa. We were walking by the pickle court. Oh, pickleball court last night. And you should have heard Lisa talking smack to the, uh, she said, I, I could beat them. What, are they, what is this? Every I could beat them. Who yeah. do they think they are? I don't know. Yeah. For real, who do they think they I'm are? Not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. Well, in high school, she also did run track. See, she had, she played tennis. She ran track. She played soccer. She was a cheerleader. Was that it? Volleyball. There were five. And I volleyball. You, I thought volleyball. it was five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Five I yeah. But I played volleyball junior and senior year. I don't think I played my first two years. Okay. I well, at any rate, she had five sports. And she was picked student athlete. This is my fit. This is exactly what I wanted, by the no, way. No, she I'm was picked student athlete <laughs> of, of the county her senior year, which was the highest, one of the highest awards you could get. So uh, for, for the whole county. So it was pretty major. Tell me about when you found out. How did you find out when Lisa got into Stanford? How did you find out? Well, I remember it came in the mail. Yeah, it was like a, you get the big the letter. Big, so it was, yeah. is it a big letter or a small yeah. letter? And the small, <laughs> yeah, I remember. And But you opened it. I think I was, I think I said, you know, I think you called me. I was at school or I called because I knew it was yeah, on the way and that you it said, was it's there. a big letter, but you didn't. And then I went home and opened it. Yeah. Yeah. So and there was a letter moment. came and uh, it was very exciting. Yeah. She was thrilled. So she deserved it. Yeah. Were you worried about her going that far away? No, they were happy. <laughs> very happy. <laughs> no, you know, she had, she had played at, at Stanford in high school, remember? And that a was when yeah. you knew that you, that's where you wanted to go. Right. I'd visit and I'm like, she, oh my gosh, yeah, this is she really loved a college. She Are you kidding me? Yeah, she there. absolutely loved it. So, you know, I knew that's she wanted to go there so it was just badly. just a dream at the time. And, you know, it's you get on the plane. I mean, it's a little bit longer on the plane, but but she got what she wanted. And yeah. she excelled there too. And she met Ed. So it was all good. It all worked out. <laughs> Ed met Lisa. It worked out for yeah. Ed. Yes, and right. Ed left, no yeah. how hard I try to get away. <laughs> Well, and, we, and we've talked with Lisa, but remind me how old you were when you and Ed got married, because you were pretty young. Yeah, too, we right? were right out of college. Um, nine, tw- 25. Okay. 20, so, yeah. Older than 20. Ish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're older than 20 for sure. Yeah. And what did you think of Ed when you met him? He, he, he won't listen to this part. I'll make sure that he doesn't. So you can be honest. No, no, no. I liked him a lot. He was great. You know, he was not this braggart football player at all. Yeah. He's just really a, a very humble Really, really super nice guy. Yeah. No, I liked him a lot. And he was he, quiet. Yeah, he was actually quiet. I think Lisa, they were certainly contrasts because Lisa was a talkative, outgoing, and he was he was really very quiet. Yeah, that's why they're a good. They're a good match. It's the yin and the yang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He the people say that she's. She's brought it out that he's we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, when we first started dating, we would go to parties and I I for some reason I felt comfortable in that situation. But then when we were one on one, I would shut down and I was a lot quieter. And for some reason that's when he shined. He was way more comfortable in that situation. So it was just kind of a funny dynamic. So it it worked so far. Still still <laughs> so rolling far, along. Still still going. <laughs> no, but Ed was just he was such a basic person, really. I mean, like you could just go and have a picnic. In, in, a good way. in a yeah, in a yeah. good way. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, no. He not, didn't. Not, not like yeah, a basic yeah, yeah. No, no not, not, not these being. wild, no. crazy Sometimes, guys but. and stuff. So, so, uh, and yeah. that's who you. I mean, I imagine that's who you want for your children. You want that. There's like the stability. You want them to be challenged and fulfilled and all those things. But like the steadiness of 
the basicness. Because <laughs> yeah, no, did you ever see the Seinfeld where Putty's on that long flight with Elaine coming home and Putty's just staring at the the um, tray and they're like, do, do you want a book? Do you want to read? Do you, do you want me anything? And he's like, nah, I'm good. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I'm kidding. Oh, I'm joking. Betty, what was your, we talked, we talked to moms about this and, you know, some maybe didn't think about it ahead of time or maybe reflecting back, you can figure out maybe what it was, but did you have a parenting philosophy? Did you think about, you know, your three children and how you wanted to show up as a mom or was it just let's survive this day and get to the next? Well, my situation was my first husband was this wonderful athlete, but Truthfully, he really was not much of a dad. And so I had to fill in. I had I had to play dual roles in a lot of cases. Wouldn't you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So um, I made every possible effort I could to be there for all of them to do, go to all the PTA meetings, follow, you know, if they needed me for anything. And they all played sports. So that involved tremendous amounts of driving and going to the games and my ex-husband didn't do that. And it was not easy. It was not easy. And, and I think it was hard on them. And of course, him being such a great athlete, let's set this high standard. So of course, they wanted to sure. get his approval. And, you know, a lot of times it wasn't there. He, he had other interests. Did you ever, I mean, I'm assuming you said that it was, it was hard. Was it a source of contention where you would try to get him to engage and he just didn't, or he tried to and Lost. I mean, what was the dynamic there? Well, it's hard to make someone do that. You know, it's just like he was. Very, he was a narcissist. He was a selfish. He narcissist. was a very yeah. selfish was, narcissist person. He also, I guess it's okay to talk about all this. Was a raging alcoholic. And, yeah, yeah, and exactly. also, uh, when yeah. I married him, he, you know, he was this athlete. He didn't drink, hmm. but after that, after he was no longer in sports like that. He started drinking. He made up for it later. Yeah, he and I, <laughs> and he and I both got into tennis, but and uh, we played a lot of tennis. So he'd play tennis, he'd be hot and tired, so he'd start drinking beers. And naive me, I'm like, well, you know, that's okay. Drink yeah. some beers, you know, he's hot and tired. And most he's of the time, hard. that's innocuous. For and most then people. Yeah. it kept getting worse and worse. And actually, finally, my son said to me, Mom, have you ever counted how many drinks, how many beers he has? So I became more aware and uh, it got worse and worse and worse. And then by the time I was alone in the house, he turned to scotch. Yes. Which was a recipe for disaster. And it just, it, you could just tell, just like rotted him on the inside and made him even more unpleasant and abusive. Yes. Did alcoholism run in his family? I think his dad had a problem, but I don't remember his, I don't know. I, 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 I it probably is something from that relationship that he never really told me the whole yeah. story. Yeah. And there had to be some kind of major problem there. I, I know the father hit him with a ping pong battle the first time that Dave beat the father in ping pong. So they were that competitive. Yeah. And they pushed him tremendously. They'd wake him up early Saturday morning, get out there and practice. And it had to have affected him. He never actually complained too much. He told me of these stories, but um, he had serious problems, serious how did you hold it together? Because you're you're a basically a sounds like kind of a single mom trying to make sure that your kids got what they needed, and you're dealing with a, a husband who had a whole set of problems that you mentioned. I mean, what what where did you get your support from in that? Well, you know, when I finally found out he was in addition to this a total womanizer, I looked back at my life 
And my father was in many ways exactly the same. And I, my mother was the strong one. She held the family together. And I played that role. And I honestly <clears throat> wasn't even aware of it until it, that's how naive I was. I, let's face it, I was naive. I thought I'd married the guy I really loved. It was going to be a fairy tale marriage and we'd raise our kids and be happy together. And that's far, far from what happened. It was miserable, miserable. But because I'd seen her hang in there, be strong, do everything. She did everything for me. Same in, for my brother and sister too. I, I almost thought, oh my God, now I see why I did stay. stay. Why did I stay in that marriage? Because I thought that was my role. I thought I was supposed to be there for the children. And, and then it was like, when you have a night where he's so drunk and they say you wake up the next morning and everything's fine, that's exactly the role playing we played. And yeah. then, then I would think, okay, it's going to get better. Yeah. That was just that last hope. night. And it would go for a while and be better and then it would happen again. But today's women would not have stayed in that marriage. Yeah, yeah we were talking yeah, about we that. Were talking about that. I am true. sure of that because times in the 50s were so different and it was more, uh, you were subservient. You were subservient to your husband. Honestly, that's that's yeah. that's the way it was. Because the whole time, like when he was in medical school, I'd be I'd drive him, I'd pick him up, anything he wanted, even though I was the one working. I never really got credit for that. Of course. Because I, you know, that was my role. I was and and he was the one in charge. And today's women are a lot smarter than they than I was. And uh, I'm so many wonderful things have changed, and that's one of them. And I would say to give you some credit in terms of it's, it's not even being smarter, it was what you saw and what you knew. And it was. so when that's it's what, what I grew you know. Up with. So all that played into mm -hmm. it. It yeah. did. Tell me about your mom. Well, that's, she was the best. Yeah. yeah. She was, she loved her kids, loved her family. And she was just one of these, she loved babies. She loved children. She loved dogs. She loved animals. Yeah. Love. Literally. She's like exuberant, exuberated love. Just, it was like oozing out of her. She really was. And she was like, when I remember at her funeral, when she died, there was people from all ages there. Cause she babysat almost every kid on Kivas Gain. She was like she the babies, the local babysitter for everyone. And, you know, I was with her all the time, you know, a lot of my um, elementary school and whatnot, which was great. And cause she was so awesome. Cause she was at that time, just so focused on the kids and she'd sit down and play with me and teach me things. And it, oh, it was so awesome. We'd watch soap operas and stuff. And those are amazing memories and teeny tiny apartment on the key. And it was like, heaven for me. It was the best place on earth. It was like an escape from what was going on back at home. So it was awesome. It was wonderful. And she just loved, like I would, that's literally, you think of love and you think of her. That was just, don't you think? Yeah. She was totally unselfish. Yeah. She yes, the most. She wasn't asking for anything for herself. Right. Just, just to make us happy made her happy. Right. What was her name? She makes me cry. I know. <laughs> Elizabeth Osborne Gung. I called her Gungai because when I was little, I couldn't say grandmother. So I mumbled gun guy and everybody calls her gun yeah. guy. Everybody, it's everybody, everybody on the key. Like all the, like I said, the kids, she babysat everything, called her gun guy. So she, hey, did she help you through that? She did because she, as Lisa says, she did take care of Lisa a lot. That, that was when I had a phase where I played tournament tennis. Yeah. You were, um, you, and you were like the, what? I was third in the state of Florida. Yeah. For like wow. 30 and 35 and under. Yeah. In the 35 and Which oldest. is pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah Cause I never played. I never played. Like, I'm, you know, I didn't play cause they didn't have any teams. Yeah. They didn't have any competitive teams. So it was after I was married, I started playing and I, and I love tennis. I really did. So I played a few years and that was, that it was a 35 and overs 
but it was fun. It was it was yeah, different than like with the juniors. Like, right, right. You know, no, people it were, was. It was way more. And it was competitive too. I remember yeah. you. Yeah, I remember you coming home like playing tennis the middle of the day at noon to three, and you'd have these long matches because you were like the Energizer Bunny, and you didn't have a lot of winners, <laughs> but you just like get everything back. You could That's track right. everything down, and they were like longest games ever. It was pretty, kind of impressive. So, did you ever think about? And I'm just sitting here listening to all this. If you were born. 30, 40 years later, how different it would have been totally your different. world would have been totally. Yeah. Yeah. Because and the opportunities and. Oh, yeah. I mean, we had there was no title. None. Yeah, there was nothing like yeah. that. There were scholarships for a girl. Whether And it's a thing that we I don't <laughs> want to say we take it for granted, but we just passed the 50th anniversary title yeah. line. So we've been doing a lot of different stories and talking to a lot of different women about it. And not that anybody takes it for granted, but it's just you can't even actually imagine how different it was not that long ago. That's right. Not that long. That's ago. right. No, oh. so Come Lisa, a long had, way, baby. Lisa had mentioned at the beginning about, and, and she was telling me this last night at dinner for her to be able to watch you. Um, I think it was to be when, when you were in high school, mm -hmm. when you got into politics at Kibestain. So tell me that story of how you, well, that was the thing at, that I, that was my extracurricular. I always loved like student well, and council. You did, and you did politics, a little bit of um, student council at Duke, right? Or, or not? What was yes. It? You were yes. On? I was, I was the secretary. Okay. Of and the government. Bob Dole's wife was your, right? Elizabeth Dole. Elizabeth oh, Dole. Wow. She, she was president and I was secretary That's right. of the student government at Duke. That's cool. So she, we would have these little retreats. Her, her brother lived <clears throat> nearby in the whole executive board you know we, we would all go there and uh and i always enjoyed government I did. right and that that went together really with the history major and i almost majored in political science because i really did enjoy government and i in high school i was the same I, but i see i was always secretary you know no girl would ever run for president <laughs> man <laughs> but it but at duke this this was the women's campus because it was all women and oh, so separate so, so there was separate a oh wow. there was a men's student government and a women's student government which was, which is in you'd a way. Like, so you'd get together and have pillow fights and paint each other's <laughs> nails and stuff. Is that what you're kidding? Joking. No, no, no. But, um, so what happened when I was in Key Biscayne, then I had first the two little babies, 16 months apart. And then Lisa came along. So as she says, I was the homebody. I mean, I was there for the kids driving and cooking and that, that was my role. Well, Key Biscayne at the time was part of Dade County, part of Dade County. We were we were not our own separate city. We were part of what they called it unincorporated Dade County. Okay. So what was happening is the money we paid municipal taxes, but the county government, the Dade County Commission, got all our municipal taxes. The Dade County Commission actually served as our local government, even though nobody from the from Dade County lived on Key Biscayne or really truthfully cared about mm -hmm. Key Biscayne. So we were becoming... Taxation without representation. That's right? exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly what it was. And um, Schoolhouse Rock. <laughs> the Home Rule Charter was set up in 1959. And that's when they had, they had Dade County was a Home Rule County and Unincorporated Dade was Unincorporated Dade. So we, nobody had left to form a municipality until we got the idea. Kibis Kane got the idea. We had, we had a group, uh, Kibis Kaners for Responsive Government. There were three or four men. I won't give the names because you wouldn't <laughs> know them. But and one, one woman was the secretary, and they had the foresight, they had the vision. Because you talk about government and and how we live today, somebody has to look ahead and kind of say what's really going to be best for us. 
What's going to be best in the future? And they had the vision to think that we should incorporate. But the people on the key were adamantly opposed. Really? Adamantly, because they couldn't imagine that we could do that and not have our taxes go up. And it is hard to imagine because now we have we have our own fire department. We have our own police department. Our own schools. We or, have our high school right there nearby. Well, yeah, but that has nothing to do with it. The whole school is, education oh, oh. is totally separate. Okay, this is idiot. just the government. We had our government yeah. buildings, we, and we now have this fabulous community center. And they're like, how could how we, we ever this? pay for that? Yeah. That makes no sense. So they, they didn't want any part of it. I could tell you, do, do you really want to hear this? Yeah, yeah. Because I could tell there, yeah. it, it, there's, there's a lot that goes into it. This group, the, the, the um, Key Biscayners for Responsive Government, decided, well, the only thing we can do is we'll have an election. We'll try and elect a council, but it won't have any taxing powers or zoning powers, but it will truly represent the people on the key. Because at the time, there was just a little homeowners group, and they'd go before the Dade County Commission, and the Dade County Commission couldn't care less because we weren't en- we didn't we weren't big enough to affect their votes. Right is really what it ended up the reason they didn't care about us. But one Sunday morning, and it was November like around November twenty fourth, nineteen eighty seven, I got a call from this very good friend of mine who's a wonderful environmentalist, and she said they the county are cutting down the trees on the main road that goes into Key Biscayne. It's called Crandon Boulevard. And she said, we have to stop that. So 7 a.m. Sunday morning, I throw on my clothes. I said, of course. And we run over. It was true. The bulldozers were cutting down all these trees because they wanted to have a crosswalk for more development is is bottom line, the reason, to connect a parking lot to to the tennis center. So is that when you took your bra off and burned it? You were just like <laughs> waving it around? Was that? Like- well, I wish it was more exciting than that. <laughs> I, I don't know if anyone would have made any difference. <laughs> oh, you would have stopped traffic. Yeah. <laughs> we could, but we did stand in front of the bulldozers and we did say wow. stop. And believe it or not, they did stop. Because they, they said to us, you could be thrown in jail because they have all their permits. And so I was with this Mabel Miller, who's environmentalist, and this other guy from Friends of the Everglades. And we agreed, we don't care. We'll go to jail. But we didn't. That's amazing. <laughs> but they did, they did stop that whole development. And what it did, the people on Key Biscayne finally realized the county just didn't care about us. And yeah. they were going to do all that. There had been no notice that they were going to do this on a Sunday morning. So and finally, so, everyone. Well, the residents, see, because to have the election, to even have this little council I'm talking about, it was probably going to lose Mm -hmm. they weren't going to vote for even an elected council but this woke them up and we we did have the council so i served on the council was chairman of the council and for four years we fought the developers like crazy we had to go to we all had t-shirts we'd go down to the dade county commission we'd fill the room do you think they ever once voted in our favor not once the developers ruled and they couldn't care less about the key so your brawl so, or my bra. <laughs> their mistake. Big mistake. They have no idea what they're missing. We could have made it a little more exciting, right? Yeah. You can embellish it. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. It's a podcast. It's Wait whatever. Yeah. People make there stuff up no, all the time. There was no like Instagram or Twitter yeah, back then. There's, there's no fact checking yeah. on this podcast. Just so you know. But for four years, this little council, and I was the chairman, we worked to educate the people. 
and and uh, th- like that was a major turning point. But we we had people from other cities, like city managers, come and talk. We'd go to the schools, we'd go to the condos, we'd go to anybody that would listen to us, and we started educating them about why it really would work. Yeah. And it was tough. I mean, it was very tough. And but finally, we had the election, and and they they agreed to say, okay, let's. We want incorporation. Before that, they and it, it, we only won that election by 500 votes, which is not wow. not many votes. I mean, it was a struggle, major struggle. But then we had to go to the county commission to get permission to be able to proceed, which was another kind of battle. But we had a very very smart lawyer that that he kind of he had a lawsuit that he held over their head. Actually, I think that's well, one reason they agreed to just, It's like you're you're describing just the way politically things happen. It is a long slot and you just have to fight and keep fighting and keep fighting. And there's so many different factors that come into it. Well, you have to have one lesson I learned. There really, we were a small group, but we were dedicated and we so believed in this that we work so hard and you can change things. Yeah. If you really, and and if, if it is actually true too, I mean, it has, you have to have something that's worthwhile to feel that strongly about it. But we did it. And you can do it. We did it. Yeah. And and finally, then we had the election. It was June 17th, 1991. And that was actually the acceptance of the charter, because once we said we wanted to incorporate and voted for incorporation, then the county picked five of us to be in the charter writing committee. And I was picked. So I was the only woman. And, and also in all these things, I was basically the only woman. woman. Yeah, that's But I really didn't even think about it, truthfully. Yeah. But but it was a beginning for for women too to say you can be as involved, yes. you can be as knowledgeable, you can you can you can do it just as especially just as on the island because there's a lot of like Latin Americans, Cubans that mm-hmm. have moved in and moved moved and in those cultures, women are like in the fifties a little bit subservient. So it was such a you know you were such a good role model for those women thinking oh wow wait a minute we have a voice and you know they weren't used to that coming from their countries as very much, true. So. And Lisa, what do you remember about that like watching that? Um, I remember her working really hard in high school. I remember seeing you know all of this sort of like evolve, and you know I was just sort of on the sideline you know doing my own thing with trying to get into college and I guess um, scoring thousands scoring, of goals. scoring like millions <laughs> millions come of on goals. Ashley stop get it Sorry. right okay <laughs> um no but I just I remember just watching you know admiring it going wow I, and not knowing if it was going to work if it was going going to go through but it was it was the uh, re- you were a really good role model for me think wow you can do anything you want if you put your mind to it because I remember when it, you first started out it would get, you know everyone sort of it was very dismissed and like no way this will happen and I remember you you were like not you didn't think it would work I would ask you oh do you think this will pass do you think this will work and you like, well, we're going to work hard, but I don't think, you know, I don't think so realistically. And then, you know, every, every little hurdle you kind of kept overcoming and overcoming and just watched your hard work. And it was sort of, a, it was inspiration. It was really neat to see. It was neat to see, especially as an impressive, impressionable team. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was awesome. Well, and it, it was good it was, to see you in that role after just everything. I like, know, being after with, getting sort yeah, of dumped just, on. Yeah, no, exactly. No, <laughs> it, was, so it was all, you yeah. kind of came out of your shell and I was like, yeah. wow, okay, this is a, this was great. No, it was even extra special because of that too. So, and that I was, was proud amazing. of you for doing your own thing, you know, and, right, right. you know, separating yourself from, from him a little bit. And it does life. feel like you, from, from what I understand, there was like a 2.0 to your story of just, you know, so you are able to get really involved in politics and kind of find your voice that way. And then you remarried a wonderful man. 
Yes. Well, after 38 years, I, I got divorced. Mm-hmm. I'm a very slow learner. <laughs> it's okay. Better late but, than never. And and um, that five five beta five beta kappa was a sham. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know. No. Not very bright. But and the women of today, like I say, would never have stayed. But but whatever. Anyway, that happened. And so so then. Like some people are like, oh, well, I don't want to get married again. It was such a bad experience and all that. But I didn't feel that way. I felt like I really wish I could find someone where it would be a true marriage, mm-hmm. where you'd be someone that really, truly cared about you and, and you know, wasn't so narcissistic, didn't run around with all these other women and weren't so, he was mean to me. Cruel, yeah, yeah, cruel. yeah. Even aside from the woman, I think he was a yeah. mean, yeah, behind closed he would, Yeah, he'd put me down a lot. So- at any rate, I, I felt cheated. Yeah. And I really did want to remarry. So Right. You went on a lot of dates, Mom. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Gotta kiss some frogs. Hey, whatever works. Yeah. <laughs> that was really inspirational too. <laughs> yeah, so right, thanks right, a lot. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure kidding. you had plenty of lining up at your door. To, <laughs> well You did go on a few. No, that was actually fun to watch too, to be honest. And yeah. See men sort of courting you and you making you feel special. I don't know. I like that. Uh, and you being yeah. the one in control. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you have a whole different attitude. You yeah. Finally, after and, 38 and, years, you learned your lesson. Yeah. Right, but then even and then the whole story with John is so amazing. He was a little older than you in high school, and I'm sure I, he, I know because he told me, he's like, oh, he thought you were a hot ticket in yeah, high school. He thought you were a hot item. And I remember your sister mentioned, or Walter, her husband mentioned, oh, yeah, Betty just got divorced. And he perked up and was like, what? It was like, <laughs> yeah. on the next plane down there <laughs> yeah. asking you out. And he was awesome. I love that he I treated you that. so special and like a he queen. Did. And he that did. was just, that was he nice did. too. He, yeah. Did treat you as you should have been treated, you know. I mean, just think well, what you could have done. Yeah, as everyone be should be treated, yeah, and right. you, you, mm-hmm. him too. It was nice. It was more of like an even match, and yeah. you guys had more respect for each other, and so that definitely, was good. yeah, it was like it was a true relationship the mm-hmm. way it should be. And right, yeah. So I was really lucky to find him and, and have great years with him. Yeah, because yeah, we were married seventeen years, and he got me into golf, and and he was he was. Had a great sense of humor. Was yeah, so much. And you fun guys to traveled. And he was super fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was very, very lucky. And when did he pass away? It was seven years ago. Seven years. Ago. Yeah, he had Parkinson's. Yeah, but those seventeen years, I'm sure that's yeah. I'm I'm even knowing you for two hours. I'm like so grateful that you found because it is that's all you want is for your children and for yourself and people you love to find a partner who is going to treat you the way that you deserve to be treated because it's the most important thing. It is. It truly is. Yeah. 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 If you could go back and do anything differently, and maybe you've kind of alluded to it and talking about how long it took you to learn some lessons, but if you could go back and do anything differently, let's say through the lens of motherhood, what would, what would you, what would you change? Well, that's really a hard one because you know, I so admire the women of today. I don't know how they do it and have, I mean, I looking back, I, I wish I'd had a career, but yet at the time, I, I, but one reason is I had no help from my husband. Maybe, maybe if you had a true relationship where the husband pitches in like they should, it would have been great to have a career too. And the women of today, they do it. They do it. Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> no, like and I admire them. Raising two kids. Yeah, and I yeah. admire and I think, them. And just shout out to my husband, Chris, because he is the, the, all of, I mean, He's, He's with those kids that, more than than I am alone, honestly. Like he is, he takes that role. It's like in some ways it is a role reversal, and I don't take it for granted at all. And see, those kind of men, like your husband, they respect the woman they married, and they realize they have talent, they have abilities. Why can't they do things 
like I'm doing. Right. And it's taken a long time for that to happen. And and uh, in looking back, I w- I would have enjoyed having a career yeah. and doing something, you know, really something on my own. I mean, I would never give up what I was. I would never not be there for my children because then nobody would have been there. Right. See, it right. wasn't like now you yeah. have the husband that subs for you. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that. Right. Right. No, there wasn't a choice. I mean, there, there was no option. choice. Mm-hmm. So there was no choice. Yeah. So it was really. I mean, I wish that things had been different and I could have done it and it could have been balanced because I would have enjoyed having a career. But I'm not complaining now because I, I went with the times and I would never give up the time that I did spend with the kids because my kids have all turned out great. They're all successful. They all have great children. I couldn't be more blessed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what it's all about, the family and being able to see it grow and have your kids become parents. And yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Is there... And this one might be tricky, so if you don't have an answer, that's okay. But is there a question for either of you that you've maybe always wanted to ask each other that you've never asked? Lisa, is there something you want to ask your mom that you've maybe never gotten an answer to or vice versa? Well, you know, we went through tough times, she and I, because... We were alone with... Yeah, we were yeah. alone with him getting worse and mm-hmm. worse and worse. And she didn't tell me a lot of the things he was even doing to her. And if I had known that, I would, you know, I would have been out of there. But she, I mean, she's what, four, 13, 14? She's yeah. a kid. And she's stuck with this father who's being really mean to her. And she's alone because the other two were older and got off to college. And and he, I have to say, like, alcohol is a progressive disease. And he got way, you know, kept getting worse and, and worse. worse. So, yeah, it was. So I could sucked. think she might say, why didn't you do something? <laughs> yeah, where I'm going to give you the question. <laughs> you stick up. No, I don't know. I just, I, for some reason, I'm not resentful of you for that. For, I'm not at all. Like, I just, I, I feel like we lived it together in a way. So I don't know. I, I've never, I've never felt that. I know other people might, cause you didn't, I feel like you didn't stick up for me, whatever, but he was scary and he was a liar and just so manipulative. So, I mean, you would, say something and he would like turn it around and make it be like your it's your fault the ultimate gaslighter so i I don't know i just i mean i saw what was kind of happening so but i i don't i don't know i don't i don't harbor resentment to you but i should i know that's (laughs) what i said i should be more angry god (laughs) yeah Yeah. wow what can i get out of this how can i manipulate this situation i'm not good at it shoot raised by a manipulator yet i can't do it i'm bad at it darn it i should have learned picked up some of the skills no (laughs) But I no. don't. So I don't know. No. Um, do you? I will. Do you? Because um, I was so much younger and I kind of I felt guilty because I felt like maybe you stayed in the marriage longer because I you you know wanted to have create have that family. Do you regret having me? <laughs> not having me, but like staying. In, no, I don't no, know. No, you know, no, like that because no, no, I was no. so much later. You didn't. I was like, like I kind of shouldn't have been born there. So no, 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 no. It was it was all like situational. You 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 were fantastic i mean i loved you obviously dearly so well thanks because so, you made you made me feel good because he certainly didn't i'll be honest like you know so it was maybe it was a balance it keeps you you uh you made me feel good about myself which was nice i appreciate that so thanks well you deserved it because she's doing everything right and this guy's being mean to her no too. matter what i did yeah, yeah. which was tough which yeah. is hard you to can what, never yeah. please him but maybe that's why i kept trying to do better even better and better because Trying to get his, I don't know, trying to seek out his love that wasn't there. And I don't know. He he was such a manipulator. I mean, I'm sure you've met people like that because even like the hint that he had other women, this one friend of mine actually told me that. So I confronted him and he could lie like you wouldn't believe. And he would make me believe that it wasn't true and that I was the only one. And 
And, and they're baby, the bad guy. They're the bad one for yeah, even mentioning yeah, it. Yeah, and so, and yeah. you want to believe it. Yeah, right, and I exactly. want to believe it. I, I didn't want a divorce. That was that was right. my lifelong yeah. was to be married, have grand, you know, the whole thing. But yet, if I had known, and the minute I did find out, of course, I was out of there. Yeah. But it was just tough because he, he was such a manipulator. I mean, I think of the devil that wears many clothes. You know, they, they can change. They yeah. can change. Mm -hmm. and. You know, you're, you don't know. You're like you don't blindsided. Know. You yeah. really don't and, and know. And you want to believe it, so you believe it. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there are countless women who could probably listen to this and know exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. There it's, are. There's there right. a lot. It's there hard to, it's hard to get. It's easy from the outside to say, why did you stay yeah. right? until you're in it? All right. So the last two, and I'm going to each ask each of you this. What is the best part about having Lisa as your daughter? Oh, wow. How, we got a lot of time. It's going to take forever. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> what isn't look yeah, maybe you should start with what's not yeah because yeah. everything else is just that's so a shorter perfect. list no listen she's got such a spirit she's got her, her fifth grade teacher always told her like she was the most creative student that, that she Mrs. she'd ever Culpepper. had yeah mrs Culpepper, right Paid and she is grade. i mean she's got one-liners that will just knock you out she's fantastic all no, day her whole whole personality she's just amazing really and uh she's got all that plus her other, you know, talent. She's smart. She's an athlete. She's she's got it all. Yeah. She's a, a fabulous daughter. But she she and I have had our we've had our problems. As right, all or, mothers and daughters right. have. Yeah. I mean, I would say. And um, I was always right and everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once you finally realized she was right about everything, then yeah. it became yeah. Yeah. once I yelled at you yeah. and you realized, oh my gosh, she's completely right and I'm wrong. Uh, then then we were okay. Okay, so Lisa, what was the best part about your mom? Oh gosh. Um, I just appreciated that you were there for us, for me, you know, and if like you, you were off with brother, you know, i you would make sure that I was with somebody like like my grandmother or I hung out with my with Genevieve a lot but i don't know you always made sure made you made me feel safe i'll say that and protected in a, in a weird way like i always felt comfortable and good around you and you made me feel good about myself which was opposite of from the other side and watching you um sort of blossom and have a little metamorphosis in high school was so inspirational too and yeah i just i just and i love the way you've supported my kids too that's been incredible like you've even before they were even anything a bleep on the radar you were at their games supporting them in little leagues and everything and the best is i'll run into people like from their from little league and the moms are all everybody asks about you where's big mama how's big mama <laughs> everyone knew you you had more friends on in, out in colorado than i did it was crazy and we've lived here so that and the kids appreciate that too. They're, you know, oh, you know, they really do. They've talked about that. You coming out for all of their big events and whatnot. And that was just, that's just awesome to have because I appreciate that. So, because I know, you know, you didn't live here. So that was really special. You'd come out. So thank you. Good job. Well, that, that was my pleasure, <laughs> you yeah. know, to see your kids do so what well. What if, oh even God. when they, when they shit the bed and they're bad, do you still? <laughs> no, I still, no, that's, that's a mother. That's, that's, that's yeah. what the way a mother should be. Yeah. So what does it feel like to hear that? I mean, I can see it's emotional, but it is, it's emotional Yeah, because we don't say that very often. And that <laughs> is, I think yeah, what Lisa and I have found very early on in this little podcast adventure that we're on is that you don't take the time to say the things that you, you kind of assume that your mom or your kids right. yeah. know no, no, that's true. how you feel. And it's kind of an awkward thing to to yeah. just pause and say, hey, Thanks, I want you to understand, you. like, yeah. thank you for X, Y, or Z. We just, it's, I, I don't think it's ingrained in our culture very well. And it's I, I think so it's something true. we should do more of. That's really true. Yeah. And I think it's really important to say, I love you. Yeah. 
It is. It is. And there's with all everything that everybody's been through and there's plenty of peaks and valleys for every family, but just to, it's the strength and the core of it. And to be able to say it is, um, is and important. I can't wait to have your mom on. Oh my, oh gosh, my gosh. I cannot wait. I want yeah, all these questions. So many be, incredible um, questions. There's for, a lot of I things. almost don't want you there. You could do that. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. You can do that. Uh, well, Betty, I hope you come out to California sometime. Can we get you out to California? Sure. Okay. That would be and if Lisa and I ever go on the road, we're going to have to. We'll go to Miami. We'll go to Miami. Yeah, you can come stay to Miami. That would be great. Yeah. I'm sure great there's a lot of moms in great. Miami yeah. that we can interview. We'll show you Key Biscayne. Yes. Key the Queen. Is I, so are we officially the Queen of Key Biscayne? <laughs> She's well, the gatekeeper. The key, of the, <laughs> the key to the key. One thing you say not to brag, but this just happened. Yeah. My yes. friends, they put on a beautiful party, really, in my honor. Because it was the 30th anniversary of, of incorporation. incorporation. So it was June 17th, 1931. We had it on June 17th yeah. this year. And they gave me a just wonderful tribute. So wow. it was really, really special. Well-deserved. So That's really that cool. I'd have to nice see some it. pictures from that. Oh, yeah. yeah. They had yeah. a cake in the shape of Kiva Skane. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Incredible. It was really All right. Neat, well, we're so. coming then. Done. Yeah. Yes. Done. Oh, we're going to be on the road soon. Big Mama, yeah. you are the best. Thank Thanks, you Mom. for well, sharing work. the time and the and the honesty and the vulnerableness. I, I really, it means a lot. And I really appreciate it. It's been amazing to get to know you a little bit. Now I understand why Lisa's so awesome. I'm kind of bummed she didn't dish out any more compliments. Yeah, she's perfect. Yeah, I think it's just can you lie? Can you lie? Yeah, you can text us later. Just lie. Betty, thank you. No, well, thanks for having me. Good work. It's a great idea to do this. So there it is, and those last words that she said, Lisa, have stuck with me. She said it's a great idea to do this, and I still get texts from time to time from your mom about like interviews she really likes or, oh, this was so cool. I love that. And I just, I feel lucky to know her and like being able to sit with the two of you in that space, as weird as that space was, um, <laughs> but in here, you guys talk about all these different things. It was, it was really, really special. And I don't want to skate over the heavy stuff at the end about your dad, because it's a story that, you know, I don't know how much of that you shared openly before, maybe you have, but it was raw, it was real. And yeah. I yeah. I got to tell you, I cringe all the time because I've been with you when people are like, oh my God, your dad, your dad was this Olympic sprinter and he was this and that. And I feel I'm like he's hailed as some, and it's, it's hard for me to listen to that. And I know that's probably been formative to your whole life. So I just yeah. want to say like the shared vulnerability that you two had in that moment, I commend you for it. Well, you are kind. And I'm glad she's texting you because I can hardly get a hold of her. <laughs> so that's nice. So maybe I'll go through you to have her call me when yeah, I need her. Yeah, just let me know when you want to talk to her and I'll, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll put in a good word. Oh, uh, no. We've been through a lot together. That is for sure. And I love my mom. She's amazing. Obviously, you know, we, we've fought. We've made up. We, I just, I do. I appreciate her so much and I love her. And um, I just spent a week with her in Florida. That was magical. That was so good. It was amazing. And it was just the two of you. Yeah, just the two was pretty much the whole week. I mean, definitely we saw some of her friends right. and she's so busy. She's 80 freaking five years old and killing life. I she's love that. So that gives me friends. Hope. She's and you know, like I, she she lives in this island, Key Biscayne, and she's so passionate about it and literally wants to leave it a better place. Like yeah. she does. That's her passion. And you know, she just wants it to, I don't know, the legacy of that that magical place that we grew up in. And it was, it's definitely different than it was way back when, but she just wants to preserve some of that, like that wholeness and the the family orientation of it. And the I don't know, she just wants to recreate that and keep it going for the next couple of generations. And it's hard because you know, people want to develop and go over the top sure. and 
she just loves it and, and just really wants the best for it. And um, it's, it's admirable. So that is, that's her passion right now. And man, she's just so connected and keeps her going. So it's fun. Yeah, It, it, it is fun. And I, I give her so much credit and I, I think I said it to her directly, but if not, I'll read, I'll, you know, say it again. Now, the fact that she had the life that she had, and then there, there was a 2.0 and a 3.0 of her life. Yeah. And it's a reminder that there are different seasons, but she totally reinvented herself. And you think about yeah. what she was able to do, um, you know, getting into politics and to, I mean, that whole story about turning Kiwi skin, I still won't pretend like I know exactly <laughs> what's incorporated and what's important for you. When that's funny, we just, uh, we just had a conversation about she wants to go back and define what incorporating uh, incorporation means. Cause a lot of people now, don't know. I, now that I would like to know because uh, I, no, I not... tell me what it meant, you know, years ago, but now I know, don't well, worry. It's, it's, she's, she's amazing. And I will say like that sentence that you said at the end, um, you made me feel safe. And if there isn't a sentence that is at the heart of motherhood more than that, I don't know what is, Lisa. It is It is the driving force for, I think, every mom is to make your kids feel safe and loved. And it made me tear up. It's making me tear up right now just rethinking about it. And I know it made her emotional. And it mm -hmm. was just a really special moment. So um, I love you, Betty. Thank you for bringing Lisa into the world. Uh, and thank you for not judging me for taking you to that weird basement with the woman who uh, <laughs> oh, was funny. smoking her like hot boxing in the control room with her vape pen. <laughs> the uh, fact that that we're still doing a podcast a year later is like a testament to, I don't, I don't know, <laughs> blind faith, I guess. <laughs> oh my goodness. But it was cool to listen to that conversation and think about all of the conversations that were to come because we had no idea what we were doing or what was coming. And right, it right. was almost a year ago. So yeah. And I did not run away from nursery school. She is senile. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Come sure. On. There was nobody was running away from anything. Uh -huh. And I never did that. <laughs> I just love that water ballet. That was the other thing too. Like the water the ballet Meridian. stories were amazing. How funny is that? And that was the, really the only opportunity women had way back then. Isn't it's that crazy? crazy to think. We, we it is crazy to think. think. A lot of it. I do. I take it a little bit for granted and just assume, oh, a girl wants to play sport. Go ahead. But back then it, they didn't really, you know, they really have those options. So no. yeah, she's um, in her lifetime has seen a lot of changes for the better and she appreciates it. She talks about it all the time. She's like, women today are just, they wouldn't stand up for the stuff that I, I just took and I just took it. And she's, she goes, it's very admirable. So no, it's so true. Thanks for paving the way mom for us. Yes. Thank you, know, you like, mom. Yell at Ed freely. <laughs> you can yell at Chris. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for paving the way for us to just like run the show that we really appreciate that. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah. Well, she is a special lady and as are you. And I just want to say happy mother's day to you, Lisa. And we tell each other on this podcast all the time, how much we love each other. And I, I've, we've joked about how my friend Marissa always says like, I can't, I love to the point in every show when you guys, it's like the praise, like you guys both start telling each other how much you love her. So everybody knows how I feel about you, but I was trying to think of something that I haven't told you before that I want to for this Mother's Day. And what I want to say is that you give me confidence. And I would have never started this thing if you hadn't said yes. There, there's no way. And at every turn when I've doubted it, you've been there and you've embraced me. You have become like a sister to me. And I believe in you with everything that I have. You, you give me credit for working and having two young kids and doing all this stuff. And I want to tell you that what you did was way harder and you were way more self-sacrificial 
than anything that I am doing. And I've never acknowledged that directly to you, I don't think. So yeah, maybe I, I've got mom guilt for not being around my kids as often as I wish that I could be. But the reward is that I have all of this fulfillment in a space that has nothing to do with my kids. And you gave everything that you had and then some. And so I just want to say it as directly as I can to you. People don't realize it because yeah, on the outside, maybe it's great that you didn't have to work and you got to help, but you gave it all up so that you could help Ed chase his dream and raise this incredible family. And to see you in this season of your life and everything mm -hmm. that you're doing now and you coming into your own, I just, I mean, you have the top rated parenting podcast in the explicit category and <laughs> you're just, you're just scratching the surface. So I love you and I respect the ever living shit out of you and oh everything God. that you've done. Literally, so. Now, this is the second time I'm going to cry. I know. First well, I just, yeah, I figured we needed to get some tears. No, I feel, I was like, I, I was thinking about what I wanted to say to you and I've just never said that to you directly. So Ashley, you are so nice and right back at you first off, but I think the way you're doing it is probably healthier <laughs> because, because no, the beauty of it is you're such a great example to your kids. You are, and you're there for them. Your mom said it. Your mom said you spend so much time and you make time for them. I know there are times I can tell when I talk to you, you're feeling guilty. You're not I'm with them. Stressed, and yeah. then you stop and you go back and you make the time. Your kids are going to be resilient. They're going to be amazing. They are going to turn out absolutely perfect. And you as an example, they have, they, they, they nothing will stop them. They, you. you, you, you're here and they're going to surpass you. They're going to take everything they're learning from you and, and take that to the, to the next level. And it's going to be amazing to watch. And I can't wait. Thank you for saying that. And I will say, isn't that the goal? And I look at what you went through in your childhood <laughs> and everything that you have overcome to get to the place that you are in your life now. And then what your kids are doing and what they are, I mean, what the lives that they're living and then to pull back on my mom. And yeah. if you've listened to that interview, she never, her and her mom never even said, I love you to each other. She has I, no memory of them I, saying, I love you. And my mom and I are here sitting, you know, with microphones professing our undying love for each other and what we love the most yeah. about each other. That's one generation. So I just want to say, right. if Look you think far. that you can't, if, uh, everyone has generational pain in their family. Everybody has been through stuff. There's, uh, there's stuff in every family. And so if it's never too late to be the like switch in the tracks that you can go and make a difference. And it's not too late if you still have parents who are alive to go figure out how to have more direct conversations with them. My, my mom and I are in a better place than I have ever been with her in my life. And I honestly think this podcast has a lot to do with it. I, I'm, I mean that. She's in an amazing place and I have come to appreciate her in a way from doing all these interviews and talking to these women that I didn't before. So actually I, I feel the same way about yeah. my mom too, with all of this, this has helped me get closer gift. to her. Yeah, it is. It's such, I and mean, we, we, we talk about like our gen, our history and everything and it's, and it's so healthy. And I think you need to acknowledge it in order to not repeat it, to exactly acknowledge right. function and what, like what everything we went through. And, you know, my biggest fear in life was that like, Oh, my kids are going to be alcoholics and they're going to, cause they're all boys. And I, I, I was so afraid of that growing up, but I've had to openly talk to them about it. Just, you know, look, this is why yeah. I'm, I'm so paranoid about it and everything. So yeah, no, it's, it's, you have to recognize the trauma in order to stop it and change it. And, and it's hard because that's what you grow up and that's what you're used to. And that's what you, you know, that's your norm. So it is hard to break the cycle. So because at some point you don't want, that's what we all do, right? We just don't talk about it and you kind of push right. it under the rug and you don't want it to be the thing that defines you. But in the end, you're right. Like if you, and if, if you, you push on the rug, it's almost, and I've learned, I read somewhere that you, a lot of people will try to repeat the cycle to try to heal and change it. 
but that's wrong. You have to acknowledge it and mm -hmm. stop it, set boundaries and stop it and change your thinking. And, you know, it's very difficult to do that. It sounds easy, but it's very difficult to do that because that's what you grew up with. That's what you know and change that in order to grow and evolve and not repeat it. Yep. So I'm trying. You <laughs> are doing it. And I freaking love you and happy Mother's Day. And I wish I could like go get a pedicure or something with you right now. Yeah. Um, do you want to go to Paris? Should we, should one? Go yeah. Paris? Are you kidding? Let's go. We like, I don't even, I haven't even got a gift yet. So that's our gift. Oh, all right. You. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll see you next week. We've got a special Mother's Day edition of uh, your mom's mailbag. So <laughs> enjoy, enjoy it. Love you guys. Happy Mother's happy Day. Mother's Day. What's up, mom? Happy Mother's Day. I speak for all of us in saying that we love you so much and we are so thankful for you. Um, I can't tell you how appreciative we are of all the sacrifices that you've made for us. You're the best mom on the planet Earth. All the car rides, all the meals that you made us, all the times you were there for us physically, you were there for us emotionally, you were there for us in all ways and you are our biggest cheerleader and still are and uh, words can't express how, how thankful we all are for you. We love you to death. Hope you have the best Mother's Day on the planet Earth. Thanks for always being the cool mom. Love you. Hey mom, it's your son Max, wishing you a happy Mother's Day. I hope you're having a blast wherever you are and just wanted to take a second to let you know how much I appreciate the energy and love that you have for this family, uh, for my brothers, dad and I. And I hope you're having a great day. I love you and happy Mother's Day, mom. Hey mom, it's Dylan. The thing I admire most about you is just how caring you are to each and every one of us and how willing you are to help us through any situation we find ourselves in, no matter what is asked of you. And you, you've given up so much for us in order for us to be happy, successful and healthy. And I just appreciate you so much. We're all so lucky to have you as our mother and I love you and happy Mother's Day. Hey mom. Wanted to send a little message into your, your Mother's Day edition podcast that is trying to put words on something that, that no, no kid could ever actually completely express, but wanted to give it a try and just thank you, let you know how appreciative we are of, of the energy, the passion, the enthusiasm, and, and inspiration that you've brought to our family for my entire life. I, I'm so happy to be called your favorite it's the most enduring thing that any any kid could ever get and, and i'm just so thankful I, I hope you know how how much it means every time that I, I come out of a locker room or or leave a bus and get to see your face and and give you a hug after a game or or get a message after something good happens or or get a call shoot three times a day <laughs> just because I, I know how much you care and how much you've you've helped us build such a foundation for our lives. I'm speaking for myself, but I know Max, Christian, Dylan all feel the same way. And, and that foundation that, that you've helped us build of, of passion, of energy, of going to chase your dreams and, and create the person that you wanna be to, to help make the world a better place all comes from you. Just those those ideas that we've, we've grown up with and we've been lucky enough to to learn from you or the most valuable lessons I'll ever learn and it just it came from watching you and, and I hope you know how much we appreciate you and how excited I am for 
for everything you got going on with your podcast and and everything else that has started up this year and, and for the future. And just want to let you know I love you. Thank you for everything. Bye. <laughs>